Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Chase Thomas podcast. The Chase Thomas podcast. Um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I hate. I already hate it. I hate it. All right, hello, and welcome back to another episode of Chase Down Block here on the Chase Thomas podcast, an NBA podcast that we do each and every Tuesday night on this very program, where Swish Theory, Basketball Intelligencer, uh, Round Ball Ramble, Corbin Ford, all over the NBA sphere. Is here i like that sphere is here corbin like ford good evening how are you you know i'm doing pretty good my friend um happy to be here always happy talking basketball so literally there's never any complaints when it comes to that um yeah doing okay just another day in paradise as they say just another day and because it's in the doldrums of the off season i think there is some just like real damian lillard trade fatigue at this point, everyone's just like, just do it. And there was a story on like what happened with Cronin and Damian Lillard and the fallout there and what was said and what mm-hmm. was promised. And uh, did they give him a trade of where they want to go? And then it's like, no, I'm only going to the heat because you did the, the like, we don't really know what happened there. But now what came out this week that I thought would be a bigger story. That's not Corbin that I wanted to pick your brain on mm-hmm. that. There is another mystery team in the East that could and that is in the weeds here for Damian Lillard my first question to you who do you think that is and two who do you want it to be Corbin Ford I mean I I don't think it's anyone oh like I I, who has the assets to to do it I mean the mystery team that I've seen on Twitter that's been talked about has mm. been the Raptors, but honestly, like which I like, we I like it too. But like, who are they trading? Like, Scotty Barnes is going nowhere. Yeah, Pascal Siakam. I mean, maybe you can build some of Pascal Siakam, but you might as well put OG and Obi in there too. Like, I doubt uh, OG's absolutely Pascal. in there because I think they were interested so, in OG before, right? Like, I think they've yeah, been linked to OG. So OG's first so, one out the door in so this trade. So OG and Pascal, like, it's a. I mean, you're giving up a lot. That's true. I think Pascal stays in this scenario. 
I don't. What what I mean, here's the thing. I mean, if you're looking for if Miami's offer, mm. I mean, if it's just OG for Damian Lillard, not straight up, but essentially with what Gary Trent Jr. and a bunch of pick yeah. swaps and seconds, I think you need a better player package around that. Like, does that beat Miami's offer? I mean, if you put out, you know, Tyler Hero, all their young Jaime Highcats, all those young guys, Duncan Robinson, a salary filler, like, I, I don't know. I, Toronto could be, but then again, now you're also going to a Kawhi Leonard situation, but not really yeah. in terms of like convincing Damian Lillard, like, hey, you're on this team now for the next three and a half years or whatever that you don't want to be on at all. It's like a higher play of a Kawhi Leonard situation. But even with the mm. Kawhi Leonard situation, the infrastructure was in place to support adding that star player taking over the top. They already had, you know, um, Kyle Lowry. They already had Fred Van Vliet. They already had Pascal. They already had OG. You had all these guys already. You just need the guy to be the star. Mm. If you do this trade, it's like it's like a bizarro inverse of that. Like you're trading all those side pe- all those ancillary pieces to get the star, and now he's in Portland East. Because you don't have the talent, you know, around him um, to get them anywhere different than where they are right now. Like, I mean, well, I guess it just depends on what you think Scotty Barnes can be. I don't think it's. Let me say this. I think Scotty Barnes is nice. I think yeah. he's a very good player. I think his potential is through the roof. I don't know if he'll, if he'll actually reach it, but I think like he has the potential to be a very good player in this league. Uh, for the next two years, his Dame is 33 and 34. Do you expect Scotty Barnes to take that leap immediately and have a Damian Lillard, Scotty Barnes tandem rule the Eastern Conference or compete for you know Eastern Conference Finals berth? I don't. Mm. Not with this. Not it's too like it's two different timelines. Yeah. And also again, we're looking at you know other guys to step up as well around this team. Like it's not just. I mean, at that point, you're looking what? I'm trying to think of all the other guys who are gone in this in this hypothetical scenario and then you have like maybe like a, a Dennis Schroeder you know a Jakob Pertl um trying to think of their most uh who is their most recent job Grady pick. Dick Grady Dick yeah and mind you he's probably gone too in that scenario Dennis Schroeder I'm going for him if I'm Portland I want Dick if I'm Portland I want Grady on there uh, like, Grady has to be there yeah, that's what I mean. So he's gone. Well, you so, know what ha- what works is uh-huh. Grady, Gary Trent, and OG for Lillard, and then obviously a bunch of picks. That is better than Miami's offer. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I guess I would give it that. You're right. You're but right. I also think Lillard's not – like, he'd be so pissed. It's like a Kawhi thing, but worse oh, because – That's what I'm saying. Like, like, there's no way he looks at that and goes, yes, this is where I want to be. And he's yeah. not there for one year with the freedom afterwards to opt down and go where he wants. No. Yeah. He's there for the long haul unless he is just that upset and then gets dealt again. Then we're looking at a James Harden situation. No, we're not. But you know what I mean. No. But isn't it funny, though, to think, like, what if that's the Raptors just their way to championships, like, in our uh, lifetime here, Corbin, is they just have to trade for a star who doesn't want to be there, but then just suits up and and just plays because they're well run, and then they win a title, and then they ship them out, and then they just go away in the wilderness. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. It's a good idea. Only problem is, I mean, Kawhi Leonard was in his prime. What, 28? You know, Damian Lillard was 33. You know, Kawhi, I mean, like, like you had a guy in Kawhi, like everyone was really worried about, not worried, but they were really monitoring that because he could shift the balance Yeah, where he went. When he went to the Clippers, it was like, oh my God, the Clippers are going to win championships. And I mean, here we are. But the point being is like, that was some shade from Lakers fan, I'm sorry. But the point being is that like in his prime, Kawhi Leonard had the power to like shift. Damian Lillard's a very nice piece, right? Mm. Depending on the team he goes to with the right infrastructure around him, he's going to be a, a player that's like, wow, like 
You know, they got Damian Lillard. Like, uh oh, you know, I mean, right now he's been in Portland, the main guy. Oh, it's like got Damian Lillard. Okay, great. Damian's gonna go for forty. They're still gonna lose. Like we saw yeah. him last year. Damian played out of his mind with the best seasons of his career. And I mean, they were comfortably out the playoffs. Like, yeah, fifteen games left in the season, no chance. And the dude was playing out of his ever loving mind. I just, I don't know. I don't think he's that player anymore. Um, let me not get too bold. I just don't. He's not a Kawhi Leonard. He, it would be a similar situation, but not really, right? Like slightly slightly different so i do, i am curious about that but um yeah I, I going back to your question i mean i guess he would have to be like that would be the team could it be the if nets there was one mm. like you have the ben simmons contract sitting there you send him to the pacific northwest and all the just ben what? simmons mikhail yeah. bridges cam johnson cam johnson I don't know. At that point, I feel like again you're you're doing. It feels like. Yeah. The, remember when the Knicks traded for Carmelo back in 2011? Yeah. It feels like that. Like okay, now you got your star and you have nobody around him because you traded everyone there. And then also, I feel like that's a lesser package. I probably put that in between the Miami offer and mm. the theoretical um, Toronto package because like Mikel Bridges is kind of a star. Like at that point, your team is a win now of role players who are really good but need a star around them. Like, you're not yeah. getting a star back in that trade. Like, Mikel Bridges is a very solid player. But if you look at the Brooklyn Nets right now, like, the one thing they need is a star to leave, and then that whole team looks great. And right now they don't have that, right? So you're trading a bunch of high-end role players for a star. Yes, you're going to have a very fun, entertaining team in Portland. They could be similar to that 2020 Oklahoma City Thunder team, right? But, like, you don't have – I don't know. If I'm the front office, I'm looking like I want to get a star back or a player that I could then, like, fetch a star with. I feel like – Depending on the value of Tyler Hero, that might be a thing. Do I think of Tyler Hero as a player himself? No. Like, I don't think he's a star on his own. But, like, maybe I'd use him to get somebody else. Or OG and Obi. Like, they're big on OG. So, maybe they just go with OG. I mean, with Brooklyn, like, yeah, those are some solid pieces. I think Portland would be a very interesting team with those guys and Shaden Sharp and, you know, a, a guy like um, a Scoot Henderson and Freddie Simons if he's still in the team. Like, that's an interesting team. Mm. Yusuf Nurkic, I guess, would still be there unless he has to go for money or something like that. Like, that would still be interesting. But, like, I, I could see them in a very similar situation to where Portland was this past year. Not because they've done anything wrong, just because the West is so much stronger. And this team, theoretically, that we're constructing is just okay, you know? Yeah. I like them. They'd be a league pass darling. I'd play the mess out of them in 2K. <laughs> well, any other 2K, but this one. This one kind of sucks to me. But I, I'd play, like, I, I would know. love them. But, but yeah. yeah. Can I throw you the one like wild card that I actually think this could be sneaky, extremely important. It could change the trajectory of both the league and where a certain start player might oh, be going. Good. The Bucks should trade for him. I like that. The I Bucks like have that. to get bold. Like all the but, honest stuff this offseason just strikes me oh, as he's... like laying the groundwork for what's to come. The way to prevent this is you have to get bold. Like, you're going to have to shake things up a little bit. Like, running it back, new coach just being the real only change here. I don't know, man. Like, you're relying on Chris Middleton to be healthy for a full playoff run again. You need some things to go your way in the East anyway. And then you, um, you, I just, I look at it and I'm like, I think Giannis and Dane would actually mesh really well. And I think that's actually something that would work really well. Like, if you're Portland, you get Drew Holiday, who's a good locker room guy to get you through to this next group. Um, there are some picks there for uh, Milwaukee that can throw their way. They have some, uh, you can throw in Pat Connaughton, you can throw in um, uh, like Grayson Allen, whatever, Beachump. Like, there are guys but you can see, throw it. Yeah, but see, even when you said that, like, those, those players don't do anything, man. Like, 
Like, I mean, I mean, but that's you better have, than like, the Heat, right? Would you rather have Drew Holiday or Tyler Hero? I mean, honestly, Drew Holiday said he wants to retire after this next year or the next yeah. like, in the next two years. I'd probably rather have Tyler Hero. At least I can take Tyler Hero and the value of what he could be. Yeah. For another team, or convince myself that he's that player for me. But, but couldn't Drew Holiday help that. the Shaden Sharps and the Amperty Simons more? Like when you wanted Drew Holiday with the this group of young guys. Like I think well, there's something about that yes that I think is no. Like I agree with you. I do agree. I think that you have a player who's a vet who knows how to play, but he's also going to take minutes from those guys because he can still very much play. You know, what I mean, it's not unless he's content to just be that you know off the bench, you know, dedicated role of like you know, being that veteran, I don't know. He, I feel like he's very much able to give a team much more contribution than he would in Portland in yeah. the role he would be in, you know, as an, as a backup to Scoot or he's starting with Scoot or he's starting with Scoot coming off the bench. And he's a guy who's leading, you know, leadership and how to be a vet to both Scoot Henderson, Shaden Sharp, even to a lesser extent, Anthony um, Simons, all these guys as they go 32 and 50. Like, I mean, it, it could go either way. In my mind, I just feel like it's not just that. If you're, if you're, re, if you're starting over again, mm-hmm. you could trade Dame and Yusef Nurkic and get Tyler Hero, Kyle Lowry, Jaime Hakez, Nikola Jovic, Jovic, and then all these picks. I like Jovic. Jovic, I think, had a very good FIBA tournament. Jaime Hakez, I mean, that's an intriguing young player, youngish player, right? Playing position, I'll actually get some floor time for Portland. All mm. those picks are great. You can flip Kyle. Kyle Lowry could be that bet. Kyle Lowry could be that guy who is a much less of a player at this stage of his career than Drew Holiday is right now at their both respective career end, where Kyle Lowry's not going to be playing, you know, heavy minutes for championship contending teams. He's not. Half the time, Kyle Lowry's injured anyway, right? Mm. And then Tyler Hero, you can either keep, or if you're like, hey, you know, we have Shane Sharp, Anthony Simons, of course, our guy just drafted Scoot Henderson, so we deal Tyler Hero off to another team and get some more assets and 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 players to recoup that value. Like that to me still makes the most sense. It's not a sexy haul by any stretch, but it's the one that can parlay into more in my mind. Where Milwaukee, yes, that'd be great for Giannis, but like I don't want their poop platter. Like mm-hmm. I mean, like the Milwaukee Bucks are really what four guys? It's Giannis, Chris yeah. Middleton, Drew Holiday, Brooke Lopez. Bobby Portis, you want to go there, you know, then Pat Connaughton, you want to go, but then, like the further we go down, the more I'm like, uh, like they're good in Milwaukee. They work, but even yeah. Milwaukee's like, Hey, we need to make stuff happen. And those guys value is increased because they're playing off of Giannis. Yeah. I mean, Chris Milton had a horrible injury plague year. We know he's a solid player, right? Bobby Portis will give you value anywhere as utility big man. Like that's the thing. Um, Brooke Lopez can stretch the floor, play good defense with defense, defense player of the year caliber. Like that's great. Pat Connaughton, serviceable role player, mm-hmm. right? Um, I forgot the the Grayson Allen. Yeah. Same thing. You should a little bit, but those guys aren't like, oh yeah, bring them. Like that. No, yeah. I would not be. I would not be enthused by that. I don't know. I just I'm very curious. I, I just think the Bucks have to be bold. That's my broader takeaway here. The Bucks no, need you're right. to I or your Giannis is gone. Like the groundwork is being laid. That Giannis, oh no, you said it. They should be chasing every angle. Like he definitely dropped some lines. Like yes. did he not? A hundred percent. Like Harden, I'm making a call. I don't care. Like I, I understand it probably goes awry, but like I'm just throwing uh stuff out there and I'm seeing what's what's out there and I think they need to be bold and not sit on their hands um if you're Milwaukee. New face, new place. We'll start this series this week for the offseason. Uh, Corbin, I want to pick your brain here. One guy who changed teams that you're excited about how he fits in on his new team this year. Who do you got this week? 
One guy who changed teams that I'm excited to see. Christian Wood, baby. Oh. <laughs> like, I mean, no, I'm honestly excited. Like, to be fair, I'm going to give another player. But I'm excited okay. to see Christian Wood just because, like, he's a guy who's been, whether it's his fault, whether it's not his fault, he's been surrounded by losing, right? He's mm-hmm. on a team now with, with I, the, the best opportunity since he was in Dallas to have, like, actual championship aspirations, playing with a guy like LeBron James, who usually gets the best out of guys of Christian Woods, right? Playing with mm-hmm. a guy like Anthony Davis, playing with a talented deep roster with tools that can fit in many different ways on the basketball court. Like, yes, a lot of it rides on the health of LeBron James and Anthony Davis, but like they need what Christian Wood brings. And Christian Wood needs the ch- winning change of scenery that the Lakers can potentially provide, right? This could be the perfect place to rehabilitate his value. The dude's just 27. Like, he's in line for a really good contract next year if he just stays in his lane and performs well in that, right? And the Lakers need the type of stretch capabilities that he brings to the table, the type of offensive output he can bring to the table, his diversity at that center spot that he can bring. Like, it works hand in hand. They they both kind of need each other. And so I'm really anxious to see what Christian Wood looks like. Because for all this talk about him, I mean, he languished until, what, two weeks ago? Mm. Like, he's the 14th player picked up for the Lakers. Like, he's a big player for, like, one of their final roster spots. And, yet here we're talking about, like, all the things he could be. So, like, that is interesting to me, and I really think that it's intriguing. I I like that. Um, I like that uh, a little bit. I just – I don't know if he plays. I remember listening to uh, McMahon, um, and I think it was McMahon and Zach Lowe. Did you listen to them talk about the Christian Wood signing on the low post? I did ago. not. I need to catch up on that. But I don't need that negativity in my life. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> tell, me, tell, me, tell, me, tell me what was that. McMahon was just telling stories about like uh, Wood's time in, uh, in Dallas and then like what he just, I don't know if he still sees himself as a star. Like I got the impression based on uh, that conversation that I think, like it's just weird that he ended up taking uh, the vet minimum at this point in his career, which is what he should not have taken uh, to this point. But and, that was all that was available. Like, well, no, no, he had was... something better. Like, I think the Mavs offered him better originally or something. Um, maybe like before the, the year or something. I think he was upset. And then it was like the whole six-man stuff, obviously, he wasn't really buying into. I think he sees himself as, like, a feature thing. Is it, You got to go back and listen to it. It's an interesting yeah. uh, back and forth and insight into Christian Wood and why oh, he's yeah. bounced around the league. A little okay. bit, I'll check but it like out. he's a guy worth a flyer. Like there's no downside if you're the Lakers. Like there's no downside to him. The Thomas Bryant flyers. Like I just think it's just if they work out great and you get a Markeith Morris out of it and he plays important minutes on a championship team and just fills a, a, a niche for you that works great. Mm. But like, are you banking on Christian Wood in 2023, 2024? I mean, you shouldn't. And I don't think the Lakers are. That's why he's the 13th guy on the team. I mean, we've had guys come in with more um, flack and give just better performances for teams in need. Like we remember, yeah. we did see the um, we did see Dwight Howard for the Lakers. Yeah. Like Dwight Howard, there was a Twitter thing about how they had to have this team meeting to determine if it was the right presence for them, right? And then he came in and gave them a major jolt of energy all season long. Like, yes, he's not going to be a star; he just has to be a star in his role. Mm. And I definitely think that there is the ability for Christian Wood to do that. Let's be real. I mean, he's a player with talent. That much cannot be questioned. But it's his attitude. It's the intangible behind the scenes. Like, Dallas basically said, like, we, like there was no interest afterwards from Dallas' side. Like, he looked at the second half of the season and how his minutes just, pl- just went down the tubes, right? When the Mavs could have used him. Like, people on Twitter, myself included, were like, hey, this is a great time for Christian Wood to be used. 
And yet, for whatever reason, it didn't happen. So you find yourself in the doghouse there, right? And then you're applying Betterman minimums, like all of them. So all you were getting offered, but you're trying to see which gives you the biggest role, right? Like that's what he was waiting for. Miami, he was trying to see what would work out there, if the trade would happen with Dame, and if there'll be open minutes for a center spot, if you had to take that position, and who knows what could happen there, right? But he got tired of waiting. The Lakers came here, and let's be real, where the Lakers are, where the Heat are, actually, I'm pretty high on the Lakers. Mm. Just, just pretty high on the Lakers, right? So I think you take the chance where you're going to be on national spotlight games. You already have this name about you. We ain't talking about Christian Wood if you went to Miami right now. Like, we ain't talking about like that if you went to Miami. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. if you went to, uh, I don't know, name another pseudo contender. Not even Dallas, but, like, let's say he went to Memphis. Memphis. Like, we ain't talking about Christian Wood like that. Thank you. That's a yeah. great one. Like, that, he's cool, but he ain't like that. You know, Minnesota. Yeah. Uh, New York. Like, that's just not a thing. You go to these big spots and I mean, New York, maybe, but like you go these big, like again, the Lakers, LeBron, AD, mm. like that's a bigger thing. But enough about Christian. I think we gave enough airtime. Um, another guy I'm interested in just to pass off some offseason, um, like workout videos, because this is the time of the season with him and Draymond Green is Chris Paul. I think we'd say Dwight Howard in the Warriors oh, no, no, if that no, happens. No, no. Uh, that'd be interesting. I heard about that. That would be interesting. Dwight Howard, Chris Paul. Um, Draymond Green, what an eclectic mix of personalities. But no, yeah, that would um, be weird. That would be weird. But no, even watching Draymond Green and Chris Paul taking shots together was mm. weird to see. Like that was on my feet yesterday. Both of them taking turns, dapping to like like doing the whole teamwork camaraderie thing. I'm just like, this is so weird. And Do you think I it's really, gonna work? That's why I think this is good. That's why I have. That's why they're a, like Christian Wood was a shot at honorable mention. But mm. this is why. Chris Paul and the Warriors is like actually on my list. I don't know. I mm. feel like it could. Like, I feel like it could with the Warriors having um, some additional offensive diversification there, right? Mm. The guy who could play pick and roll, you know, utilize more of Kevon Looney, utilize more of Jonathan Kaminga, some of these other guys that maybe don't have such a big offensive role in the Warriors kind of flow pace system, spaced mm. pace system, but like could have a role playing off of Chris Paul with the gravity that he will give to them, right? At the same time, Chris Paul's 38. Like, maybe he mm-hmm. runs out of gas, right? Like, maybe maybe this was, like, last year was just a, a, a sign of what is Chris Paul now. Maybe he doesn't have the juice to help out, right? Apparently, he's starting. So, you're going to start Chris Paul and Steph Curry in the backcourt? Like, that's a small, older, because Steph Curry's 35, yeah. undersized backcourt. Chris Paul being six feet, Steph Curry's 6'3". Right. And then yeah. you put Clay Thompson at the three, which will work for most matchups, given where he is defensively. But then if you have a Clippers team with Kawhi and PG or a Lakers team or uh, a Memphis Grizzlies team with Ja, uh, like like who's guarding these cats? You know, yep. there's some teams, there's some teams. That's like that's not going to work. Like now, I don't know why. Like, Raymond, come on. I guess you could just try it and just see what it looks like. And then like you make adjustments if Chris Paul doesn't work in the starting lineup. But there. I don't like seeing that. That's a bad omen to me. Like Chris Paul should not be starting. Like that should be Gary Payton's spot. Like Gary Payton should be starting with this group. Or you go Steph, Clay, Wiggins, Traymon, and Kavon. Like that's the starting five probably. But that's also a, Gary yeah, Payton. yeah, yeah. Oh no, Wiggins, Wiggins, Wiggins has to start. Like yes, yeah. I would put Wiggins at the four and Draymond at the five. If you're gonna start, if you're gonna start those two backcourt guys. But you know, Kerr is not gonna do that. You yeah, know Kerr's gonna that. be Kerr. Kerr's yeah. gonna be Kerr. But like, that's not that's not gonna do it. Like, like you said, it, it, this needs to be done. Like, and I don't know how he's gonna utilize it. And I think that's why they're so darn interesting to me. Like, yeah. that's why I'm very intrigued by this matchup between 
uh, Paul in the Warriors because I have no idea what it looks like, but it's going to be intriguing regardless. And the talent is there. It's just so just, funny to me because fit. there's no depth. The depth is not there on Golden State. Like this is the thinnest margin for injuries they've had really in the Steph Curry uh, big three era. We're like, you're going rookies quick. You're going Moses Moody. We need you to do stuff. Like we need Kaminga to make I big. I mean, this moves. is like, gonna be his third year. Yeah, but you don't also have a lot of guard depth. Like Corey Joseph, you're gonna have to go turn to if Chris Paul's out for a while. I mean, you just look at this backcourt. I don't, I don't love the situation they're in if they get hit with the injury bug early. If Steph missed some games, I, I don't know. I just think it's all, it's very thin. And if they're healthy, I think they'll be really good. And they'll be a top four seed in the West and contenders. Mm -hmm. If they're not, I don't think they're a playoff team. There's a possibility. Like they're just, the variance is so high with the Warriors uh, this year because they're so thin and top heavy, but those guys are healthy. Like they're going to be one of the best teams in the West. They'll figure it out. Chris Paul. You're not lying. You said it like this is going to be a team that's very interesting, but also like I'm going to read just their top guys here. Uh, Mm -hmm. Well, first let's go by their older guys, right? You have three of these guys between Seth Curry, Clay Thompson, and Draymond Green entering season 12 together. Mm-hmm. Time is flying, my brother. They've been yes. together 12 seasons as teammates. That's crazy, right? Then you have, of course, Chris Paul, mm-hmm. Andrew Wiggins, Gavon Looney, Gary Payton II, Dario Saric, Jonathan Kaminga, Moses Moody, Corey Joseph, and then we get down to like the two ways and all that. Mm-hmm. Like, that's an interesting mix of talent, right? Like, all those guys bring something, whether it's Gary Payton the second defensively, whether it's Dario Sarge with the rebounding and shooting, some of his depth passing he provides. You know what Kevon Looney and Andrew Wiggins does. Corey Joseph with a solid third guard, right? Mm-hmm. Chris Paul, I mean, we've seen what he's done throughout his career. We'll see what he brings in year 18. We know what Steph and Clay and Draymond will do, right? Like, this is a good spot. John Kaminga and Moses Moody are like these young wild cards. They can really improve, find themselves in this rotation, really be that jolt of, like, energy and, and rapid scoring or rebound, whatever the case may be, or they can rather disappointingly in their, what, this is going to be their third season, fade a little bit. Yeah. You know, and find themselves in the back, fighting with, you know, Brandon Pozemski and Trace Jackson Davis. Like, it could go all sorts of ways. But I am I think that's the combination I'm most interested in. I really, I think that Chris Paul can really help this Warriors team, but it can also go way off. It can also go way back. I agree. Um, off-season review series here, sir. Did they get better or did they get worse? We'll do this with a lot of different teams this off-season. I want to throw this one at you. The Orlando Magic, Corbin, do you feel like they are they got better this off-season than where they were uh, last year? Um, I'm going to say yes. They're weird. I definitely would have liked them to have picked a better shooter than the magic mm. at number six but anthony black kind of fits their long versatile playmaking wingish guards they have mm. um the only one was shooting at number 11 a jet howard i just i would have rather taken jordan hawkins yeah or brady dick um but like i feel like they they're doing okay like this is a team that's still going to be toward the bottom of the eastern conference right the people guy and joel ingles who's a steady vet he got his money. He'll bring some good passing skills. He's able to shoot the ball. He's a vet. Like, it works for them. Um, I think that this team is still kind of built, and as it should be continually, around Franz Wagner and, and obviously Paolo Bancaro. So, like, hmm. in that way, yeah, now you got another guy in Anthony Black. Kind of see talent play. Young guy. You know, the rebounder. 
pass the ball. Not really good shooting. Okay, right next to Markel Fultz, right? So mm. Cole Anthony and It's like they're an interesting team, and they didn't get worse. I feel like they could have made moves with their draft selections to become better, but even that would have been marginally better, you know? Um, but with that being said, yeah, they didn't take a step backwards, and I think, you know, Jed Howard is still a shooter, maybe not the best shooter, but a shooter with some size. Anthony Black, I'm high on him as a prospect, maybe not number six, but I thought I had him in my top 12. Um, and then Joe Ingles, I think, is a solid guard who's not totally cooked, a solid forward, rather, who's not totally cooked and can give this team a different look in terms of some, you know, ball handling in a pinch. I could see some jumbo-sized lineups. I could see some really um, good spacing from him. So, yeah, all that to say, I give them a B. I think that they've gotten better. It's just how do you define better? And if I go from 22 to 27, 28 wins, yeah. 30, maybe if, you know, all these guys are healthy and they find some sort of flow and the shooting is semi-consistent, they can get to like high 30s, 40s maybe. I think they're going to push for the play-in. I would love that. I would love that. I'm not as high on Orlando and Detroit are shaky to me because they have pieces that I could easily see it happen. I just yeah. don't see how they all fit together perfectly or even in a way that I'm okay, this could roll off consistently. It could, and maybe I'm just not the basketball mind to see that right now. But I definitely see like high 30s. Well, what I love about those two is like, the differences with the magic and the pistons getting out of the gutter the pistons it comes down to two guys where it's just they have more of the high like kate cunningham is the best prospect on either of the two teams right now i think the best version of kate cunningham is better than anybody else on the pistons or the magic right now i also think Jaden ivy if he hits uh the way detroit needs him to hit um that changes the the variability with where they can go the problem is i don't like the rest of detroit's roster and i don't like how they're built the magic are like Jonathan Isaac suddenly like the 11th guy on this team. When you look at this depth chart and like how they're organizing and reorganizing this group, they remind me now so much more of what the Raptors have been the last couple of years. We're like, we like OG, we like Pascal. We like Fred Van Fleet. We like, uh, even, there are some even real sickos who are like Malachi Flynn might be something on the, a different team, but there are a lot of guys in the Raptors. You just talk yourself into where you're like, well run they draft pretty solid they're not going to bottom out they have a high a highish floor it's hard to see them bad they'll play hard they're a pain in the ass you don't want to play on a tuesday night like i think that's the magic where uh ron's wagner i think is a good player palo had a great rookie year i mean you look at it jalen suggs has off and on markel fultz solid but you just go up and down this list and wendell carter solid they don't have any like potential top 10 top 15 guys and I think that's where the Raptors have found themselves in. And the Pistons have one at the bare minimum in Kate Cunningham. I just, I wonder what that means. And I, I wonder what that means for the magic and what they can ultimately be down the line, right? They have time to get to that problem. And who knows if they miss the playoffs again, they'll have another bite at the apple. I just look at it like you where Anthony Black doesn't strike me as a future star in this league. Um, I think he's just going to be a solid rotation guy. I think he's going to play well. He's going to move the ball. He's going to do some fun stuff. They're going to play a lot of positionless basketball. I think the Magic are going to be one of those weirder teams um, that they can go super big with their lineups, but big and talented and pass the ball really well. I'm not really sure about the shooting there, not as much as Detroit in the shooting department, but I think the Magic are improved because they're now in that Pacers zone where the Pacers have just competent players all across the board. And that's just that competent older players that know what to do, that are all going to do just enough to get to, the, to that 40, 38 to 40 win plateau. And I think that's kind of where I'm at with the Magic is they're knocking on that door. And I think they're going to have significant bump in wins. I don't think they're a guaranteed play-in team, but I think they're going to be, when we're looking April, May, 
I think if they're healthy, they're they're right there. I just think eventually they're going to have to consolidate some of these assets because they there's just too many mouths to feed and too, the, there's just too many intriguing young players that they're just going to have to consolidate uh, what they're doing. I don't know who that who's on the way out, but maybe Jalen Suggs is probably the most glaring one to me that oh, yeah. I just don't know where he fits uh, in true. this group. But I, would, I don't know. Marco Fultz, maybe. I mean, I think Marco I like Fultz, Fultz is a much better fit. Yeah. There. I like him there, but... I mean, unless he's going to play off the two or Black plays the three and you have the five of Paulo and Franz, mm. I just I'm, – I'm, the reason I'm looking – and I hate to say it this way, but on a young rebuilding team, Markel Fultz is older. Like, not old. I think the dude's just 25 or something. But, like, you have these other young guys. I don't know. I would keep – Well, you don't, like, need Markel well. and Cole Anthony, right? You don't need two six-man so, guards. Cole guards. as yeah. a six-man guard who knows his role and can actually score the ball. Like, yeah. Markel off the bench would be, like, another connecting piece on a team mm. full of connecting pieces, right? Yeah. And Markel and would be like, really good on a lot of different teams. Like Markel, exactly. he's carved his niche. He's not going to be a star or anything, but Markel knows what he's doing. He's also I like him in Houston. Ooh, I don't want to see anybody in Houston. I, I mean, say, well, that's I mean, it. I, mean, I want to see how that situation plays I feel like out. Kinda, yeah. Well, I feel like it's going to get a little better with you know once they clean the house like they need to. But anyways, yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, I, uh, we'll, we'll see. Uh, final one here: the Raptors. Did they get better this offseason, Corbin Ford? Pascal Siakam was rumored to be dealt for a while. My Atlanta Hawks uh, deep into those discussions at one point this summer. Looks like they're keeping him, Fred Van Bleet, out the door. Uh, I think that's a loss for Masai Ujiri not to get anything for him at the deadline and for Fred Van Bleet to ultimately leave for nothing. Um, did they get better or did they get worse for you this offseason, Corbin? They clearly got worse, man. I'm sorry. You don't lose a, a guy who was a big part of your championship team and really good Eastern Conference playoff contending teams mm. and say you got better. Like, that. that's just not it. They continue their trend of losing star players for nothing, right? Um, I mean, Van Vliet's gone. Then you dish out $26 million over two years to Dennis Schroeder. I like him. Had a solid career in L.A. Solid career. Had a solid year in L.A. I mean, he's been he's been good. He's, he's not a friend of Van Vliet, right? Mm. He's just not. He's a shakier shooter. He's not that much better of a defender. Although I do like him at point of, I'm sorry, he's not a better defender. I like him better at point of attack in certain scenarios, but he's not that guy. You know what I mean? And and no, I, I just don't. I don't. I don't know. I don't like it. Um, yeah. Brady Dick will provide some shooting that they absolutely need, but they've just been in limbo. They were a mediocre team last year with Van Vliet. They got a downgrade. They still have these two players whose clocks are ticking to be on this team before they also walk away without giving Toronto anything back. So, no, I think they're on the clock. If you look at what they've brought in, who they brought in, Dennis Schroeder, fine. Jalen McDaniels, solid. Garrett Temple, that's more of your vet guy. I'm glad he's still in the league. Keep getting them checks, right? Um, Grady Dick, you know, you draft him, and Yaka Pertle. Like, no, that's not a play. That's a play-in team to me, if that. And, and I'm mm-hmm. not even a play-in team like 8-9, play-in team like the number 10 spot. Yeah. You know, I just don't see you lost talent, and you didn't bring that back. And – you could have gotten something back for that. Like Van Vliet, you, if you knew he was going, and, and and I feel like it was pretty safe that we all assumed he was going, you mm. should have traded him and gotten some back. The fact that you didn't, and then go, oh, we'll just throw our money at a lesser guard and, and 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 somehow make up the difference, that's not how that works. Yeah. You know, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't lose my lunch, you know, pick up a cheese stick and be like, all right, cool. We got our sub. We got our... No, you left your entire lunch back at home. Yeah. Like, like, I'm sorry. Like, yes, you can eat something now. But you will not be as full. It's not no. what you planned. And you had a chance to remember that. So, yeah, that's my loose comparison. there. I I like it, Corbin. I just I think they're going to bottom out. 
I don't see, I think you got to move Pascal. I think you're going to have to just put all your chips into Scotty Barnes and let him struggle and get through. I would move OG. I just don't know what you're doing. Like, I mean, Dame Lillard is the dark horse. Like that's not really saving you and saving the next couple of years. Masai just, I think he's just kind of in a point where he needs to pick a direction. And I think the tides are picking a direction for them. They weren't a playoff team this past year. Like that's, that's where they are. They're just mm-hmm. not, they're not there anymore. And they kind of need to just embrace Scotty and uh, this new young core that they don't really have around him. So I don't know. I think we'll see with the new coach. Um, there clearly was bad vibes at the tail end here with Nick Nurse. So maybe that helps a little bit, but Nick Nurse is still a really good coach um, in this league. It just uh, wore out his welcome in Toronto, one title, this, that, and the other. But I just look at this and I'm like, I, I don't see how they didn't get worse and how they don't fall uh, further down the standings. And I think it's also what Toronto needs. I think Toronto needs a hard reset. And I think them falling down and letting Scotty Barnes just do a whole lot and fail with a high usage rate would be the best for all uh, parties involved. Yeah. Like just let him, just let him, let, let him cook. Yeah. For better for worse, let him cook, see what happens, but like bottom out and like not bottom out. Like we're picking 11th, like embrace that you are now. Yeah. I agree. Uh, Corbin Ford, what can the good folks check out from you all across the internet this week? You know, as always, man, this flew by. Love talking about <laughs> what you make. You can find me on Twitter at Corbin NBA. Um, just put out an episode with uh, my friend Richard Liu, who mm. has written his new um, NBA Almanac preview book. Oh. I read this every year. Big, big chunk of a book. Um, but that's, it goes a, into, that's a chunk, man. It is. It, yeah. It goes into team by team projections of every player and all the teams, everything there. So we had him on to talk about the book. Uh, and then we also talked about Team USA and just kind of like what happened there. Mm. Um, aside from that, I'm going to be starting my preview series. Um, you know, just starting my um, division previews and player previews. I mean, not player previews, team previews, all of that jazz. It'll be fun coming up here. And then, of course, looking forward to doing the show with you every week. So. You know, mm-hmm. talking basketball. Um, other than that, that, that's kind of where I'm at here. Um, just catch me outside, yo. <laughs> there you that go. That was horrible. I'm yeah. tired. <laughs> uh, I love that. Corbin Ford, always a pleasure, and I'll talk to you next week. Nicely done, nephew. Chase Thomas Podcast. Hell yeah.